The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Only got 30 minutes with you, so we're going to make it count. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, Chief Compliance Officer. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. And around the horn real quick to Dave Spano, our President CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you, Danny. You know, there's a lot of investors who are slightly confused by what's going on in such an enormous dichotomy between what's happening in the economy and what is happening in the stock market. And to add to that confusion, we had a job report that came out on Friday morning, and Mark, they couldn't be too different. Well, what we were expecting was a loss of jobs, maybe millions of jobs, as much as seven or eight million lost. But what we got in return was a two and a half million job gain in the economy. And it just is surprising to see that that happening right now. But it was also interesting, guys, to see where those jobs came from, right? Because service sectors, bars and restaurants, of course, and then you start looking at construction jobs and and other things like that. Some of those are pretty sticky jobs, and that could be good for supporting the economy. That's right. And so you have to look at what those numbers now represent. We expected the unemployment rate to hit as high as 20%. And when we say we, we, we're uh, expecting uh, that economists are somewhat accurate in their projections. It went completely opposite, Derek. It went down to 13.3% unemployment, U6 down to 21%. And you have to look at this and say, you know, how could they miss it this bad? We have to dig into the numbers. Right. Well, the the economists had expected a, an unemployment rate of 19%. But, you know, one of the things with these jobs numbers, they were only able to interview 67% of the households that they typically interview. There are, you know, issues related to the virus, people being able to do the survey surveys and the like, and they're always seasonal adjustments to these numbers. So we're dealing with kind of uncharted territory here. So I don't think you want to overreact and say the jobs market is healed and and it's only going to go, the unemployment rate's only going to go lower from here because there are many questions like, for example, how are they treating furloughs? Are those folks considered unemployed or employed? It sounds to me like they weren't counted as unemployed this time. And what it really gets back to, Dave and, and Mark, is, you know, what is the shape of this recovery going to be? We knew that the data wasn't going to get any worse. So we knew that there'd be an up leg on the date. In other words, from really negative to less negative and, you know, hopefully eventually positive. So the real key is, you know, how high is that upward leg going to go and how steeply will it go? Right. And you have to think about, I think you're right on all of that stuff. But the Atlanta Fed, you know, there's this thing called the GDP tracker is now down to a negative 54% for GDP for the second quarter, which is obviously we've never seen anything so ridiculous. And so that is as bad as it gets. And so looking forward, you know, is it going to get better? So that's the dichotomy. So now we know the economic backdrop. And of course, we all know about the, the civil unrest around the country and put that on top of that as well. But the stock market is something different. The stock market, particularly when you think of large cap stocks, Derek, you think of the companies that are in that technology, healthcare, these are not mom and pop shops. Right. They're, they're not small businesses. Many of them did not shut down uh, during the quarter. In fact, we saw, you know, real strength in the tech sector, the healthcare sector, and communication services, which makes up roughly 50% of the S&P 500. So when people talk about the market, what you're really talking about is a, a certain number of companies, and depending on
depending on how that index is weighed, where in the case of the S&P 500, it's a market cap weighted index, large companies like Apple and Microsoft, Google, Facebook, all of which have done uh, pretty well during this slowdown, uh, just continue to move forward and cause the averages to levitate. And what we saw this week was a hurry up catch up on the cyclical side. These are companies that don't have anywhere near as big an impact on the performance of the S&P 500, but many of them were down in the dumps, down a ton, down 80% on the year, and some of them rallied as much as 80% on the week. That's right. It's the airlines and, and, and casinos and the like, just absolutely stunning. So there is a juxtaposition that we're paying attention to. 98% stocks uh, that we looked at are above their moving averages, and so this just you know makes you have to think, what is in your portfolio and why? And I know we, we hit this pretty hard on a week-over-week basis, but given what we know now with the economy and with the rally in the stock market, you need to go through your portfolio. You need to know why you own it, what's in there, and what you're paying for it, Danny. And you can do that easily. You can do it on a weekend. At least you can start. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com, and click that Get Started button. And we talk about knowing what's in your portfolio. A lot of times you might look at that statement and say, I can't read this. I, I don't quite understand. That's okay. We'll go through it. Hey, by the way, a couple of... Um, webinars coming up real quick that you might want to know about. One is called Financial Planning During Market Volatility. Happens on Tuesday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. There's a repeat later in June. Nudity Enigma happens on the 18th. COVID-19, How Government Stimulus Impacts You Now. They're kind of in a webinar world right now. We're making it convenient. You can start at AnnexWealth.com slash events. If you want that free portfolio analysis, AnnexWealth.com. Hit that Get Started button. Back in a bit, Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight helping our clients recalibrate their investments and remain focused on their long-term plans. One piece of insight we keep sharing is don't let emotions derail your financial plan. Volatility can be unnerving, and enduring the natural ups and downs in the markets can be hard to take. But making financial decisions based on emotions might be the fastest way to damage your financial future. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for the clear, no-nonsense guidance you need. With everything going on in the world, take a moment and ask yourself, if not now, when? As a fee-only fiduciary, our job is to align your plan with your goals. Our team will focus on investments and retirement planning while putting your tax and estate plans in order. We can help, and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management, here to talk about a webinar you definitely want to be part of, Financial Planning During Market Volatility. Hello, Deanne. Well, hello, Danny. Well, things are a little crazy right now. Shouldn't we just duck and cover? It really feels that way, doesn't it? Things have definitely been exciting this whole year. And when we focus on the financial market part of it, um, this year to date, the market is still down for many people, but there's been quite a resurgence as the market's thinking ahead to the economic recovery already. So there are still abilities to use financial planning to take advantage of special opportunities. Volatility definitely can create opportunity. So there are specific tax and investing strategies that work well during a, a market downturn. Help us know the difference between 
risk tolerance and risk capacity? Because that seems important. It is very important, and they're very different. Um, They're very important to financial planning in particular. Risk capacity is how much time you have toward your goal, and so that dictates how much risk you can assume. Let me give you an example. So for a pot of money to be used for college tuition this fall, let's say, there isn't a lot of time until that money would be needed. So the investing currently should reflect that, be very conservative. There isn't a lot of time in the stock market to make up any losses. That is an example of capacity for risk. Now, in this case, not a lot of capacity because the cash is needed really, really soon. Flash forward to a retirement situation, and we use the bucket philosophy. So I want you to imagine three buckets. The first one's your cash flow bucket. Your income flows into here. This produces your retirement paycheck replacement. In retirement, that income that flows in may include Social Security, pensions, dividends, interest, maybe a part-time job. It's your cash flow. It's where your everyday expenditures come from. So this needs to be very liquid, low risk, basically cash couple years worth. The second bucket is for a little longer term capacity, maybe three to five years time period. That's your bonds. The third bucket then you can envision as your stock market bucket. That needs to have like around a five-year period of time. We want that to recuperate any fluctuations and grow the way we want it to in the stock market. As long as we don't have to tap into that stock bucket for years, we could have that one to three-year cash bucket or the three to five bond bucket. We could go for years without needing to touch the stocks. That gives them a chance to come back or grow. And it actually helps us from a tolerance point of view. So risk tolerance is that visceral reaction we get to the market movement. It's the adrenaline charge with the highs and the lows. Very important because when we open our statements and see the bottom line, that drives our emotions, which can drive our behavior. This is really why we hire money managers, to give us the best risk-adjusted return and help us modify our gut reactions. They're often not in our best interest, and so we don't want to be making the wrong financial decisions at the wrong time. As you can probably notice, Deanne is socially distant. She's physically distanced. That's what we're doing. We're in a webinar world we right now. And we've got a webinar coming up called Financial Planning During Market Volatility. Deanne is here talking about it. One important exercise is an examination of your allocation in your portfolio. These things get out of whack pretty quick. They can because of cash flows and then, of course, market fluctuations. So our original targeted range can get a little wacky and it should be looked at from time to time. Now, that might look Look like quarterly rebalancing within your 401k or 403b. At Annex, we're doing active management and tactical management, so we give great thought to this timing and tactical moves in an allocation-based strategy. We look at that macroeconomic environment. We have a lot of uh, moving parts, let's just say, going on now in 2020. And the Annex Investment Team has responded to our clients' portfolios with tactical investment moves to capitalize on what's going on now as a part of that rebalancing. So it's more than just automatically rebalancing each quarter. Our webinar examines core strategies that work well and some that don't work so well during times of volatility. Well, an example would be holding something because it has a lot of capital gains, let's say. So you may have uh, inherited or you may have purchased a stock position a long time ago. And even if that stock valuation has deteriorated, maybe you held it because there were a lot of gains. Definitely worthwhile doing some tax planning and looking at that right now. Uh, Or maybe you've had a portfolio that's focused around stocks that produce dividends. And boy, oh boy, this may or may not be a good strategy in this current environment. And it definitely warrants looking at. 
Another good strategy during volatility might be a Roth conversion. It could be. It's important to consider if you do this in the middle of the year, because now the markets are still a little bit you know, down, as opposed to at the end of the year. At the end of the year, remember, you may have a better idea of your total income. So you have to give great consideration and thought and think it through about certain financial planning strategies that might work better than others. You have to take a look at the tax impact, of course, during that you, time with a Roth. And you notice how Deanne said, could be. And that's why a pro should be on your side, fee-only fiduciary. Financial planning during market volatility, the webinar, is an interactive workshop. Audience gives feedback, they ask questions, see how their financial plan and their investment strategy work together for success. And there are two of them coming up. Are indeed. So the first one is Tuesday, June 9th at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, June 22nd at 3.30 p.m. Central and 4.30 p.m. Eastern. You can register at AnnexWealth.com slash events or go to our AnnexWealth.com site under the events tab. And we give a couple of different time zones because we have uh, clients in different time zones, and that makes sense. And, and, yep. and they're complimentary, Danny. We, we, we do not charge for this. Annex Wealth Management has a deep commitment to education, and so these are free webinars. You can register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Over and over, we've heard people use the term unprecedented when talking about today's world. Truth is, from a financial perspective, we've seen much of this before. We've seen markets plunge 35%. We've seen global pandemics. We've seen unemployment skyrocket. It seems everyone has an opinion about when this will end and what we should be doing now. Frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. When it comes to your money, you need a steady voice, committed to independence, giving you a confident snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. That's what Annex Wealth Management provides. Our team of experts has decades of experience helping clients navigate economic crises. Let us give you a free portfolio review and a framework for a financial plan. Not a self-serving sales pitch, but an honest assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Start today. Give us a call or head to AnnexWealth.com. With everything we're facing, ask yourself, if not now, when? Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Joe Martin, estate planning attorney, Annex Wealth Management, here to talk about building a plan for your vacation property. Planning now prevents problems later. Jill, you've seen it both ways. Wonderfully designed estate plans that work beautifully and satisfy the wishes of somebody to avoid a lot of heartache. However... Then there's the complete and horrible mess of a bad plan or no plan at all. Lots of infighting and hurt feelings that could have been avoided. And I'm going to guess you've seen both. And those are the ones why we're here today, Danny, because those are the nightmares that we run into with families that don't plan or they think everything's going to be smooth. My kids are going to get along great after I've passed. And the reality of the situation is, is money makes people crazy and it never goes as according to plan. Let's start with the difference between a vacation property and a legacy asset. Does that matter? I guess it's kind of the same terminology depending on the preference, right? A vacation property is something that you're using as a vacation getaway now. A legacy asset means you want to make sure that it continues in the family for multiple generations so that it can be used and benefited by multiple generations. 
they aren't always the same thing, but they can be. If I have a vacation property today, but I don't have any kids that I want to leave it to, it's just a vacation property. It's probably not going to be a legacy because I don't have anybody to leave it to. Let's talk about the steps. And step one would be? Talk to the family. Just because you want to leave this asset to your three kids, you don't know that your three kids want it. Before you start down the road of doing all of the planning and working with an estate planning attorney or a real estate attorney, talk to your kids and the people that you want it to be a legacy for to see if they actually still want it. It might have been, you know, when they were in their 40s, great. Yeah, they wanted it. But now think of it, you're 20 years older, they're in their 60s. Maybe they have their own vacation property at this point in time and they don't want the costs associated with taking yours on as well. Okay, you talked of a family of three, three adult kids. Do all three need to be on board with the plan? What if one doesn't want to be part? And you mentioned that. So is it just move ahead with two? It can be. Some of it depends on what are the other financial assets that make up your estate. So it's very possible that maybe there's enough wealth there where that $300,000 home is divided among two of them, and the third then is compensated with $150,000 of value from other assets. That may very well work, but if that legacy asset or that piece that piece of property is the only thing that's left, it's going to be difficult because you can't force someone into taking a third of a piece of property that they don't want. They're going to want to get bought out. They're going to want cash from their brothers and their sister and make it all work. That's where planning becomes really important. Oh, and this is where it gets back where you were saying money makes people a little bit crazy. I, uh, I would I would go with a lot of crazy. <laughs> lot of in, cra- in my experience over the years, I've, I would say a lot of crazy. Joe Martins, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, talking about keeping a vacation property in the family and the proper steps to take. Homes need upkeep. Does an estate plan for a vacation home get into that kind of detail? It seems like it should. It, it really should because, yes, you know as the current owners of the property how much the property taxes are. When was the last time you put a roof on it? Are there costs for all of the boats and toys and putting in the pier annually that you need to contemplate, right? You know that as the owner. Your kids as the next generation might have no concept of it. So just giving them the property, now you've also saddled them with liability. So you need to think about creating additional gifts for cash to go along with that vacation property to make sure that those expenses can be paid or coming up with a plan where they're all going to contribute equally or based on their use of that property. So it gets to be a nightmare if we don't think through all of the ifs. Do the heirs become shareholders? Do you split it up that way? You certainly could, and we see that a lot by people using limited liability companies or LLCs to own that vacation property, because then what you have is is you have an operating agreement that's basically kind of the rules of the road and the roadmap that those members of the LLC will need to follow, and it dictates who's responsible for what costs, who's a decision maker. If there's disputes, what do we do? If there's someone that wants to get out of it, what do we do? And then that also starts getting into, okay, we're talking about this, the transfer to the second generation. We also need to contemplate the third generation that this might end up being owned by because that makes it even more complicated. Have you seen cases where one of the children who is now one of the property owners does more, is more involved, maybe lives closer? Do they get compensated for that or is there a special arrangement or is that part of the plan? That That's part of the plan, right? It's very possible that if somebody who lives an hour away could drive up there every week and mow the yard, right? But somebody who's two states away clearly can't do that. So 
does the, where do you compensate that and how do you figure out who gets to use it on 4th of July weekend versus Labor Day weekend versus Memorial Day weekend, right? All of those things need to come in because those are all things where disputes can arise. Okay, we're talking about three adult children. Maybe one has a rocky marriage and ends. What happens then? I mean, can you protect during divorce against creditors? Yeah, it's it's a great point, and it gets really, really complicated, right? Because if you just say, I'm going to leave it to my three kids and let them duke it out, it's it becomes a marital asset. And it's something that if all of a sudden one of those kids ends up divorced six months after they inherited it, yeah, now all of a sudden your soon-to-be ex-sister-in-law could be an interested owner with you, and that's probably not, A, what you want or what your parents intended. You have to think through all of those moving pieces, and that's where working with an estate planning attorney to really plan for this and having a robust family discussion is critical. Well, and here we are in the early part of summer. Now is the time to start to have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah complicated. Uh, Jill Martin, estate planning attorney, Annex Wealth Management. She helps our clients with estate planning details now. So hopefully they don't turn into big problems later. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back on 92.5 Fox News. Derek Felsky is here, Chief Investment Officer. Mark Oswald, Chief Compliance Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Uh, Danny, you know, we use a, a macro firm, and they, they take uh, surveys from investment advisors around the country. And the one that came out this past, uh, maybe about two weeks ago, said that 80% thought that the next move was 10% lower. And obviously that has been wrong, and that way they were wrong again in April. So I find that very interesting and certainly makes us feel skeptical that the market continues to go. But there's an old saying, Derek, in our business says, don't fight the trend. No, you don't. You don't fight the trend and you, and you don't fight the Fed. And I think the lesson that everyone has learned really in the last several weeks is when the Fed comes in with, with a bazooka like they did six weeks ago and basically tell you they're going to do whatever it takes, uh, if you don't believe them, at least go to the sideline and certainly don't short stocks into that kind of uh, liquidity pressure. Yeah, and everyone who get, who is short uh, is feeling it for sure. And Mark, the Federal Reserve had, did come in with a bazooka, and the amount of trillions that they spent is something we've never seen before. We were talking about $7 trillion and maybe growing. I mean, they're ta- there's talk of another trillion dollars perhaps in June, and you think about a market that's already very liquid and more money that could come into it. So you know, when you think about liquidity, right, the money's got to go someplace, and it's going to either go into fixed income, or some of it at least is going to make its way into the stock markets and that keeps the stock market going up. 
And that's right. And so you talk about where where these investors are coming from. It doesn't look like they're selling the FANG stocks to buy some of these other stocks that are rallying. have just been spectacular this past week. You know, some of them you might call garbage stocks, but it looks like some of this cash that's on the sideline, the $5 trillion, Derek, that has come off the sideline is buying these companies, buying American Airlines, for example. What we saw out of American Airlines stock in the last couple of weeks is stunning. Right. I, I saw a note this morning that 41% of the shares in American Airlines stock were sold short. In other words, that percentage of their float was sold short. And when you're short a stock, you can do two things. You can hold it or you have to buy it to cover it as it's going against you. And that's clearly what was going on on Thursday and Friday. The stock was up 77% for the week. And I remember just a few weeks ago on this show, I mentioned that an analyst had put a $1 price target on the stock. So that analyst is obviously not looking very, very intelligent at the moment. And, and we all know that you know Warren Buffett, frankly, uh, he sold all of his airline stocks in the, in the past month or so. So obviously he's regretting that as well. But this doesn't necessarily mean it's sustainable. It, it's just a, a rally inside what has been a bear market for that sector of the economy, but certainly not in other areas of the market, as you refer to, like the FANG stock. That doesn't mean that this is a head fake. And that's what, I, what I'm trying to get to, is maybe there are investors who are thinking long-term, which has not been the history of traders. And maybe they're thinking long-term and saying, all right, we know that 2020 is not going to be good. And there week four, we're going to look into 2021. And buying that and holding that, because, Mark, the difference between the 10-year Treasury, even though interest rates are going up, and the dividend yield of Dow stocks and S&P stocks is enormous. That gap is still huge. I mean, we saw the 10-year this week up around 92 basis points, still less than 1%. So even though that number's doubled, it's still, you know, minuscule, historically speaking. And to your point, Dave, when you have the S&P 500 with a dividend yield that, again, maybe around 2.8%. Just right there, Mark, that's 300% or more, uh, a multiple between the 10-year yield and the S&P 500 yield. It's really crazy. Well, it certainly is, and I think that's the point. As money goes someplace, and when you have an alternative between a bond, you know, the safety of a bond that's 92 basis points, and the S&P 500 diversified basket of large cap stocks, U.S. stocks, that's almost three times that number or four times that number. That choice gets to be pretty easy. So, in the last uh, last 30 seconds of the show here, Mark, uh, we really we, we look around as an investment committee, and we talk about how we're going to asset allocate our clients. And therefore, you go through it, and there's a process, and that we go through. And everyone should have a process. If you're if you're buying it because someone told you at the country club or at the golf course about a security, that's probably not enough due diligence. There's a way to get it done. Well, there certainly is, and it's that free portfolio review is number one. But you know, our investment committee, we've been looking at contingencies for weeks, if not months, to say if this happens, what do we do next? So you have to have that same kind of thinking as an individual investor. If you're not comfortable doing that yourself and having that analyst done. We've been talking about interest rates today. We've been talking about value. We've been talking about growth. We've been talking about sectors. All those things matter in your financial plan. And if you're not comfortable doing that yourself, get with a professional. If trust is big, and we think it is, how about a fee-only fiduciary partner? That is Annex Wealth Management. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Have a good one. We'll see you in a week. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.